Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. And though I bestow all my goods to the poor, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to to be bent, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. Pay attention from verse number four. These are the characteristics of love. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. But love will remain forever. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, we have seen in the scripture that love, probably most of us, when I was reading the scripture, you were pointing out some things and you were wondering, have I been showing love or have I been shown love? Was what I thought was love really love? But praise be to God that we have come to church and God is going to reveal what love is. And who else to reveal love to us than God himself? Because he is love. So the man oozes love because it's who he is. Hallelujah. So we are going to learn from him today. How are we supposed to give love and how are we supposed to recognize it when it comes to us? So that we can reject anything that is not love trying to come to us and it's go- because it's going to defile us. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, number one, love is patient. It suffers long. And when the Bible says love suffers long, it, suffers long, it does not mean that when someone said they love you and they make you suffer, then it means you must suffer long. No. It just means that when there is love, you must suffer long. Not that you're suffering from things that they are doing to you, but you are being patient with them. How are you being patient with them? Because sometimes they will take long. The people that we love may take long to learn how we receive love. That's the patience that we need to give to them. Because it might happen that Uh, Everyone is always talking about love languages. I understand it. I love it. And I also have my own love languages. And I always say even God himself has a love language. God has a love language. God is able to do everything for himself. But he cannot praise and worship himself. 
That is God's love language. Faith is God's love language. He says it is impossible to please me without faith. For me, uh, and for some of us here, they have their own love languages. They are pleased when they are shown love through their love languages. So now, the people that we love may take longer, maybe at some point, to learn how we want to be loved. So this patience we are talking about and the long-suffering we are talking about is that kind of patience that we need to give them room to grow into knowing us and loving us the way we want to be loved. So when we say love suffers long, we are talking about we are talking about patience in that regard. Somebody say amen. So they may take even long to respond to the needs that we have. Because sometimes when, uh, maybe say for instance, when you are talking to your spouse and you are trying to make them understand what is it that you need them to do for you in order to feel loved or in order to feel respected. And they might take long. Hallelujah. They might take long to be able to understand and respond to your needs. So when we say love is patient, we are saying you don't then spouse hope. Just because, I amen. Just because your spouse does not understand you at that point. You need to be patient. It's not a premarital counseling, but hey, we might as well just throw it there. Amen. It might happen that you just need to be patient with them. Give them room to grow. When we are in relationships, we grow and we evolve. The things that we needed 17 years ago are not the same things we need now. The way we, were, we, we wanted to be loved 17 years ago might not be the same way we want to be loved now. So we need to give room for each other in relationships to evolve to evolve and change. We are all going to change. You are not going to be the same person that you were when you were 20. You are going to change and you are going to evolve. There are things that you were crazy about at the age of 25. But when you are old like me, you no longer want them. It's not that there's something wrong with them. But you just feel like, I mean, I've outgrown this thing. I no longer want to talk to people the way I used to. I no longer want people to talk to me the way they used to. I no longer want to go to the places I used to want to go to. I no longer, I, there are some things that I enjoy now that I never used to enjoy. I never, I always, Mufundis can tell you, I always wanted to go out. Always, always, like always, always. All, yeah, always. Like, guys, where are we going today? Like, I was like that. But all of a sudden, with, with, with growth, maturity, and uh, getting busier in life, there are some days I just want to be home and relax. Yes. And just relax and do nothing. And if someone would say and box you in that, when you have outgrown the box, they will think that you don't love them anymore. But patience says, be patient even when I am evolving. Even when you are involving in a relationship, even when the friends are evolving, 
You know, now I used to want to go out with my friends and all of that. But now, like, we, with a friend of my, my best friend, we don't talk for three months. But when we, when we come together, it's like we, we, were, we, we were together yesterday. Yeah. Why? It's maturity. So now, sometimes the friends will then sit on your neck and say, you are no longer good to me. It means you don't love me. No. They are just evolving. Be patient. You will know them better again. Give them time. Give yourself time to also learn them. Somebody say amen. Amen. So this will help us in a great deal in our relationships to say, let's give each other room to evolve and grow. Let's be patient with one another. Why? Because love is patient. If you love that relationship, you love your spouse, you love your friends, you love your family members, give them room to evolve and be patient with them. Learn what they need and give it to them. Learn how they want to be loved and love them that way. And also the one receiving must also be patient to say the one who's supposed to give will give as soon as they understand and they know better. They will give. That's why, that's why then God says love is patient. We need to be patient. We must pursue patience. In other words, we need to engage ourselves when it comes to patience. There are many of us who would say that I'm not a patient person at all. Yes, it might happen, but you can learn to be patient. So it's a skill that you can learn to be patient because love is patient. So you can engage yourself to learn how to be patient. The Bible says in the, in the book of First Timothy chapter number 6, verse number 11, it says, But you, O men of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love and patience. Hallelujah. So we pursue it. We, we give ourselves time to engage patience and learn to be patient with those who are around us. So if you believe in love and relationships, it is going to be tested. There is no relationship or there is no love that cannot be tasted. Pastor Goodwill, when he was taking up offering, spoke powerfully about the fact that there was a time when love was silent. Love was silent. It was as if love was dead. So it, that's when love was, taste, was tested. If really he is going to do what he said he was going to do. In fact, the enemy probably was rejoicing already. Saying that he is dead. There is no plan of redemption anymore. It's no longer going to happen. That we are going to be reconciled back to God. But then he, he had another thing coming. Because on the third day, then love came back to life. But love was tested. So in any kind of a relationship that you may find yourself in where love is engaged, love will always be tested. Why? Because we are not from the same backgrounds. So when I talk about the, the love being, test, being tested in relationships, I'm not talking about being mean to each other. I'm not talking about being unfaithful to one another. But I am talking about the fact that two people are coming together and obviously they are bound to clash. Obviously because we have different backgrounds. We have different 
ways of thinking. Sometimes you will want to say one thing and to, to find out that it came out as though you are saying another thing. Why? You are still learning one another to understand one another in a relationship. So through all of that, love is being tested. And if you believe in love and you believe in those relationships, no matter how much can they be, trust, can they be tested, you will respond in a spiritual way. You will not respond in a carnal way. And then that will produce patience. When each time you are faced with a test in your relationship, when your love in a relationship is being tested, think about how will Jesus respond and respond in a spiritual manner instead of a carnal manner. Because when you respond in a carnal manner, you are going to be in trouble because you will perpetuate hate in a relationship instead of perpetuating love in a relationship. Patience in any kind of a relationship is key. Somebody say, amen. amen. Number two, love is kind. Number two is kindness. Love is kind. And uh, when we read that verse in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, when we read it um, in the Passion trans uh, Translation, it says, love is constantly kind to all. Constantly kind to all. So if I truly love someone, I must be kind to them. So if you truly love someone, it does not matter if they are being kind to you. But you can teach them how to be kind by you showing them kindness. So, to be kind is showing a friendly and a generous and considerate nature. And so when you show that kind nature and considerate na nature, sometimes you need to tell yourself that if I don't have anything nice to say, I may as well just keep quiet. Because this thing, the Bible says, it is very small, and yet it does big damage. So in love, in relationships, be it in your family, be it with your colleagues, in whichever relationship that you find yourself in, that God brings your way, watch your tongue. It's important that you always tame your tongue. And you say, you say to yourself, I'm going to respond in a kind manner. There are people who are just not kind at all. In fact, they, they malfunction when they are shown ki kindness. Yes, why? Because they grew up in an environment that is never kind. Kindness was never the order of the day. Because, you know, earlier when we started with this series, we did mention the fact that other people cannot receive love because love had them. So they built a wall not to receive love. So no matter how much you can try to love this person, you are wondering, but I'm trying to be kind to this person. No, they can't respond to kindness. They don't understand kindness. In fact, they suspect kindness. So each time you show kindness to them, 
They wonder what is it that you want from me? Because everyone who has ever been kind to them, it was because they had an ulterior motive. They wanted something from them. So they have never been loved without anything needed or wanted from them in return. So kindness is, suspicious, is always suspicious to them. When you show them kindness, they are suspicious. Uh -oh. There's a, there's, I, I, you know, my mind. Okay, let me tell you the story. The story. I saw a clip, and um, this lady, uh, I'm Zulu, right? So if you are Zulu, please don't be offended. So uh, uh, this is <laughs> this Zulu woman, and uh, and her Zulu husband. Uh, she is accompanying, she is accompanying the husband to the taxis, right? And then this woman. Uh, after the husband says, I love you. Then this woman says, Ay, bab. Ay. Ay, bab. I love you one, man. I love you one. Why? Because they have never been shown kindness. They think there is something that is needed from them. Each time they are shown love or kindness. But God is here to heal us. So that we can be able to receive love. It's nice to be loved. It's beautiful to be loved. Each time you see yourself unable to receive love, pause and ask God to help you out. To say, Lord, I heard the pastor say, love is beautiful and it is beautiful and nice to be loved. I want to feel it. There are husbands about Tolerance. I amen. I, I, I'm just going to sit with the husbands uh, uh, after, after church because maybe the ladies won't like me. But there are husbands who are having it hard because the wife is so closed up. This man of God who loves the Lord so much and so sweet. Wants to show love. Wants to show love. But this one. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Wants to show love. But must I go deeper? But but this but this woman of God is so closed up. This man is busy hitting a, a high wall. And in most cases, it is because. We did not have good relationships with our fathers. So any man, I protect myself from that man. Even though the man loves me. Even though the man is no longer the one who left me, rejected me, or, or hated me. But still, any kind of a man, you are man, you are man. Even though you love me and I love you. However, I'm guarding myself against you. Please let your guard down and receive love. receive love it's nice to be loved and if you feel like maybe you can't it's not a problem and I'm here even the whole week we can have coffee I can counsel you into being loved and receiving love amen so it's important we sit in marital counseling but let me tell you something we sit not premarital um, we sit in marriage counseling we do a lot of marriage counseling and we sit there, and I, my, my heart gets so sore to realize that 
The only problem here is that there's a wall between these people. It's, they, are not, they are not bad people at all. It happens with family. It happens with friends. It happens with spouses. It happens across the board. In all relationships, it happens. Why? Because we just need to melt down this wall, kick it down in whichever way so that we can. It's nice to be loved. Amen. It's beautiful to be loved. Somebody say amen. amen. So we need to be kind and show generosity when we say we love someone we are in a relationship with. I said in relationships when we don't have anything nice to say, rather we keep quiet because by the time we then say a negative thing, it will be taken well because we are used to giving out compliments. It is very hard to take correction from someone who never gives you feedback on the good that you do. Because you will always feel as though the only thing that is seen here is the wrong. The right is not seen. And in most cases, we think that the right, if I keep quiet and you are doing something beautiful and you are doing it right, then you know automatically that it means... I'm fine with it. So it's as if it's obvious. No, it's not obvious. That will buy you the leverage of correcting when there's something wrong that you want to correct. If you dish out compliments, if you dish out kind words, so that one day when you have to come with a hammer and you are like, you know what, this one must come down, then no one will then suspect you of being mean to them. They will take correction even in a better way. Somebody say amen. amen. Why must we be kind in our relationships? Because kindness is a seed. Kindness is a seed. Each time you show kindness in relationships, you are sowing a seed. One day you will need kindness coming back to you. In fact, it will come back to you at a time where you need, when you need it the most and you can't. Yes, you must be kind to yourself at all times, but sometimes you need someone else to be kind to you. So when you are being kind in your relationships, you are sowing a seed of kindness that will come back to you in a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It says, shall men give into your bosom. So when you give kindness, it shall come back to you in a great measure. Somebody say amen. amen. So if you want to receive love, you want to receive kindness from other people around you, sow the seeds of kindness. A smile is kindness. So even if you're a boss like me, uh, I'm working with the Hillcrest staff this, uh, this coming week. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be their physical boss because Mfundis will be in Joburg. So I, if I walk in and I have that smile, even it's a seed because when I call you to my office and say, why is this not done the way it's supposed to be done? You will know that it's from a place of love. It, it's just that work needs to be done. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a seed. Next time, even though a person may be, there are people who are mean to their bosses. I, please guys, let's, let's not be mean to our bosses. Let's love our bosses. They pay our salaries. Be, show some kindness. You are sowing a seed. 
You're sowing a seed. God is going to promote you. One day you will have subordinates. You will have people under you. And they will love you in such a way that even when a person wants to resign and they are your soldier in the department, they want to resign, they will think of your kindness. And they'll be like, I will resign when you resign. I will follow you wherever you go. There are people who follow their bosses to other companies. Kindness. It's a seed. Kindness. There are domestic workers who says, I will move with you wherever you move. Why? You've been kind to me. So instead of you being like me, having a problem of, hey, 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 these days, hey, I'll share with you <laughs> the story another day. But you will have someone who is loyal to you. Kindness produces loyalty. Kindness produces loyalty. So if you want people to be loyal to you, show them kindness. I promise you, even if someone tries to poison them against you, they will remember your kindness. And they will say, this person that you are talking about and the person I have experienced are two different people. And therefore I choose, I choose my experience with this person than what you are telling me. Why? You have bought yourself loyalty through kindness. Kindness is a currency. Amen. Kindness is a currency. It will buy you loyalty. Be kind. And sometimes we are not used to kindness. And therefore we end up not knowing how to be kind. Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to help you out when it comes to kindness. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Chapter number 19, verse number 22, it says, What is desired in a man is kindness. And a poor man is better than a liar. Kindness, that is what is required in a man. So, our relationships with, uh, our relationship with the Holy Spirit teaches us how to be kind. So whenever you feel like you can't be kind, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because it is our relationship with him that teaches us to be kind. Because in the book of Galatians, chapter number 5, verse number 22, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can ask him and tap into that kindness that the Holy Spirit is able to dish out, that the Holy Spirit is able to give. You can tap into it and allow it to flow in and through you to those who are around you. Don't um, be so secretive even unto the Holy Spirit. I always say, be true to the Holy Spirit. He won't tell on you. He won't tell on you. So when you go to the Holy Spirit in your closet and you pray, and you say, Lord, I want to be kind, but I just can't be kind because I've never been shown kindness, so I have no picture of kindness. I don't know how kindness looks like. But the Bible says he gives kindness because it's a fruit, the ninefold fruit of the Holy Spirit. Kindness is part of it. So he's got kindness galore. 
you can be able to go to him and ask him and say, Spirit of the living God, help me out. I want to be a kind person. However, it just does not happen. Will you please empower me? And he will empower you and you will become a kind person. The Bible encourages us to say over and above our faith, we must add kindness. There are many things that the Bible uh, encourages us to add to our faith because sometimes we think that as soon as I now love the Lord and I am a person who goes to church, I am a person who minds their own business, I, I, I love my wife, I love my husband, or I'm a good person in general, and um, I have now received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Uh, now then that I have faith, there is nothing else that I am supposed to do. But the Bible encourages us to say we must add to our faith. In our churches, we are had by people who did not add to their faith. They just believed and stopped right there. After believing, they stopped and they did not add to their faith. The Bible encourages us in the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 1, in verse number 5 and verse number 6, to verse number 7 actually. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. So in other words, you add with all diligence. You sit down with yourself and you say, here is my faith. And the Bible says I must add to this faith. How do I do it? You, you, you inquire. And uh, with all diligence, just as you are diligent at work, just as you are diligent with your studies, just as you are diligent uh, with everything that you put your hand on, we are also diligent people in this church. So we understand diligence. So if you are a diligent person, you will understand that when it says with all diligence, it means you pay careful and extra attention and you give yourself to this thing to make sure that it works for you. So it says giving all diligence, add to your faith, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control Perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So this thing then become one thing called love when you add to your faith. So let us not be Christians who will go out there and be mean. And everyone is wondering, how come you are so nice at church? But when we see you at home, you are not the same person. Why? You, I have not added to my faith. I have not added kindness. I have not added virtue. I have not added all of these things that I am supposed to add. Yes, I do have faith. However, I am failing in the diligence of adding everything else that God wants me to add over and above my faith. That is why I will then come, speak in tongues, and uh, preach, preach up a storm, and then go back and be mean. And when I come across someone on the streets, I'm a different person. That is why we find men of God who are men of God only on the pulpit. But after church, they become something else. It's this mistake of not adding to your faith. Not adding to your faith. We must do it with all 
diligence. Number three, contentment. Contentment. The Bible says love does not envy. So it means that when you love in your relationships, you'll be content with your own path. You'll be content with what God has given you. Why? Because you are not envious of those that you are in a relationship with. In the Passion Translation, it says, it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. So contentment is when you are not jealous and you are not resentful. That's when you are content. Being content with what you have so that then you don't feel like each time somebody else is blessed, it's as though God is emptying your shelf of blessings and busy blessing the next person. Have you ever had friends? Have you ever had friends like that? And the Bible says they are jealousies. I was shocked when I saw that in the, in the Bible. I saw it. It said jealousies. It's not jealousy. So it, it's dimensional. So it means it has dimensions. There are many jealousies. Your friend may not be jealous of you when you get a promotion. But when you maybe um, 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 buy a, a better car, then they are jealous of you. They don't mind with, about your, your promotion. But then they have a problem with your new car. Because maybe they think God took theirs from their shelf in heaven. I don't know where God put blessings. But maybe there are shelves with our names on them. Saying this one belongs to Mazote. And therefore in such and such a time I'm going to take it and give it to her. However at some point then God changes his mind. He takes it and gives it to Pastor Tad. That is why then people become jealous of each other because they think that their shelf is now empty because the next person is blessed. Listen to me, child of God, enjoy your blessing. Forget about people who are envious of you. It's their problem. Have, do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? Happened is painful. You know, my sister usually buys us uh, some biryani uh, from Oriental. I love it so much. It's so good. But it gives me heartburn. And heartburn, <laughs> and heartburn is painful. You know, like you can't even sleep at night. Heartburn is irritating. It's so, it's so painful. Envy gives you heartburn. Because each time this person drives in to come and see you with love and kindness, you, you get stuck in the car, the new car that the friend is driving. Come on. Be happy for real. Be content with what you have. Your time is coming. Your turn is coming. Your shelf is also full of your own blessings. What if that is not your path at all? Because we, have, we all have our paths. And God gives us whatever it is that we need for the assignment that he has given us here on earth. What if your assignment does not need that kind of a car? Exactly. What if? 
What if? So it's important that we deal with such things. The Bible says love does not envy. Love brings about contentment. So if you find yourself jealous or maybe have dimensions of jealousies, go to your closet. I love the Holy Spirit. It does not tell on anyone. Go to God and say, Lord, why is it painful when I see my friend prospering? There are people who don't even want their spouses to prosper. Own spouse. Own. Own. Your own. Your own. Envious. Envious. Why? They are envious. It's as if when somebody is being blessed, it was taken away from them. Let me liberate you, child of God. God has got your things. And they are coming to you. Be happy for whoever is being blessed at whatever point. Even when you are busy believing God for what they have just received. In fact, be so happy when they receive what you are trusting God for because then you are sending a message to the heavens that you are interested in that level. You are interested in that dimension of life because there's a place on top only when you are interested. How do you show God that you are interested to just take another notch higher in your life by celebrating those who are being elevated by God? Celebrate them. That's how relationships strive. Many people say when they teach us about business, when they teach us about business and success, they always say that when you succeed, you will lose 90% of your friends. The percentage varies. It depends on who is talking. Others say 100% of your friends. You lose them as soon as you begin uh, 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 to prosper. And I wonder every day, that is that is that true for us Christians? It shouldn't. Because it shouldn't. In fact, we should keep each and every person because everyone is content around us. Paul one day said, I have learned to be content, whether living in plenty or living in want. Why? Because I know that God is coming for me. God is coming for you. Be content and know that you have your own road to travel and be happy for everyone who is traveling their own road. In fact, if you are happy for those who are being blessed by God, God will bless you as well because you are showing him that you love it. When he does these good things for others. Don't be jealous or envious of your friends, your family members, and your loved ones. If we can know that everything comes from above and everyone has their own, we will never be envious of anyone. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible is so interesting. Listen to what it says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 14. Verse number 30, it says, a sound heart is life to the body. But envy is rottenness to the bones. Rottenness to the bones. Which means the bones are your structure. So when you have envy in your heart for people that are around you in your relationships, you are rotting the structure. What keeps 
the relationship together. You are, you, you, in fact, you are, you, you are obviously going to, at some point, lose those relationships. Why? Because you've messed up with the core. The structure, the bones of the relationship. They will rot. The structure of the relationship will rot and not be able to carry the structure of the relationship. Envy is dangerous to relationships. Envy is poison to relationships. Deal with it quick. How do you deal with it? Let me tell you, when, 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 when I, I read this a long time ago, and I was like, Lord, I don't even want an ounce of this thing because I want to have thriving and healthy relationships. What I would do is, when somebody buys a car, I'm the first to pour petrol. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the first. Why? Because I'm killing something to say, prosper even more. Somebody buys a house. Be the first to say housewarming and don't buy cheap uh, things when you go to see their house. That's something nice. Come on. Yeah, something like that. You know, buy something nice and say, God bless you. God is prospering you and I can see his hand upon you. God bless you. Enjoy your blessing. Enjoy your house. Other people cause us, when we are blessed by God, to feel guilty. Yeah. As though there is something wrong. There is nothing wrong with you. Enjoy your blessing. Yeah. When you are blessed by God, you are blessed by God. Enjoy your blessing and let people not sleep at night if they want to. Life is short. When God blesses you, enjoy it. And let them deal with their own things. And, but if it happens that you also have a problem to say each time somebody does better than I, I, I am doing... Something happens in the inside of me. Deal with it. Fight it with all of your might. Make it a project. Because it's going to temper with your contentment. Love is content. Contentment. To be content in your own journey. And even though others are passing by with, uh, uh, with speed, and maybe yours can't get to the speed of the next door neighbor, it's okay. One day, yours will grow as well and be able to drive at the speed at which the other one is driving. Somebody say amen. amen. Jealousy is not healthy in any relationship. James chapter number 3, verse number 16, the Bible says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing, every evil thing, every evil thing exists. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's learn to be content and God will help us. Number four, humility. Humility. Love does not parade itself. That's what the Bible says. Love does not parade itself. And in the Passion uh, Translation, it says, love does not brag about one's achievements. So now that you are enjoying your blessing and you are, you are content, and uh, you, as I said, you don't really 
care about what others are feeling about your blessing because life is short. You have to enjoy what God has given you. But then you must be humble. Be humble in your families, even if you are the only one whom God has elevated the way he has elevated you. But still be humble. Be humble whether you have it or you don't. Because there are other people who are only humble because they don't have. As soon as they have something, 275 rand 50 in the account, it's not, it, listen, it's not even millions yet. It's not even hundreds of thousands yet. 275 rand 50. Uh, nobody can say anything to them. Why? There is 275 friends in his account. It's because now that, uh, so now you, now you are calling me because I have money. Now you are calling me because I'm married. Now you are calling me. Eh? Humility. Love does not parade itself. It does not brag about one's achievements. Let everyone who suffers from envy because of your blessing, be it, it must be on them. It must not be on you. You walk in humility. Even God loves blessing someone who walks in humility. Be humble. There are people who let the blessing even take them away from God himself, the blesser. The one who has provided the blessing. Because now they are no longer humble enough to praise God. They are no longer humble enough to come to church. They are no longer humble enough to work for God, to do things that God requires of them. But each time God blesses us, when we say we love God, we must show him humility. When we say we love our family members, we must be humble before them. When we love our spouses, we must be humble before them. There are spouses who can't even say sorry. There's no humility, but there's humility in love. Humility in love. That when I realize that I've messed up, that I missed the mark, even to God himself. Because the relationship that we have with God is a love relationship. So if it happens that I did not do well by God, it is humility to come back to God and say, Lord, I missed the mark. I know better. I know what is required of me as your child. Forgive me. That is humility. Asking for forgiveness is humility. Even asking for forgiveness from your spouse is humility. To, to show that you love this person, you show humility. You say, okay, I did not speak well. I am sorry. And I am willing to correct my ways. That's humility. I did not do well in this area. Please forgive me, I am sorry. That is humility. There are people who would rather buy apples than say I'm sorry. Others would rather buy cars than to say I am sorry. Let's start with sorry, yes, the car must come. Yes, it's okay, the car must come. But can it be accompanied with I am sorry? Because then it shows humility. In love, there is humility. I love flowers. I love it when my husband buys me flowers. I love it so much. But I'd rather have sorry and then flowers. I'm not saying I'm, I'd rather have sorry than flowers. No. Both. 
is fine. Not a problem at all. So, but let's be humble. In every relationship that God brings our way, let us be humble. Humility plays a critical role in our relationships. Pride is a stumbling block in your walk of love. Therefore, please be humble. If you are embarking on a journey to love better and receive love better, as we are all walking that journey this month, to receive love better and give love better, let us be humble. Let us show, let us show humility at all times. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 18, the Bible says, Pride goes before destruction, and the haughty spirit before a fall. Somebody say amen. amen. Number five, and that I think that's my last one, I think, not unless I just rush through the others. Um, number five, modesty. Love is not puffed up. In the TPT, it says, love does not inflate its own importance. Modesty is the quality or a state of being unassuming in the estimation of one's abilities. There are people who have abilities, but they take themselves even above the abilities that they have. So modesty is a behavior, a manner, or an appearance uh, that is intended to avoid indecency. Always avoid indecency. Never say that I am great. There's always room for improvement. No matter how great of a friend you can be, how great of a daughter or a son you can be, how great of a pastor you can be, how great of a preacher you can be, how great of a husband or a wife you can be, please always give yourself room to improve. Do not be puffed up because love is not puffed up. Hallelujah. Yes, you are important. You are a very important uh, 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 part of any relationship that God has given to you. However, you are not the only one in that relationship. So it must not always be about you. Sometimes we want in, in relationships, in any kind of a relationship, we want it to be about us. So even if sometimes just do the things that the other person likes, just for their sake, even though you don't like them, but just do them for the sake of love. Why? Because love is not puffed up. It's not only about you. It's also about the other person who is in the relationship. Somebody say amen. It's not only in the relationship that we have with God. It's not only about us. Bless me, bless me, bless me indeed. Yes, he is going to bless us, but there are some requirements that he also has in this relationship. So we also need to do our part and allow him to do his part. Same with any other relationship that God gives to us. Let us not be puffed up, but let us be those who know that in the relationship, there are others who matter. There are others who matter. We are not the only ones who matter. First Corinthians 8, 1, the Bible says, we know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge 
puffs up, but love edifies. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. That is why sometimes, no matter how many uh, books we can read on love, we cannot be able to give or receive love. Because as we know, we think we know better than the person who is in a relationship with us. Because the more we, have, we are knowledgeable in a, a, a certain sphere of influence, we might be tempted to think that we are knowledgeable in every sphere of influence. But the, the Bible says love is not puffed up. We are able to learn from each other. We are able to learn from those that God has given to us. It's clear in the Bible, knowledge puffs up. So as soon as we are taught, even here at church, we need to go out there and practice uh, modesty to say, it's okay. I, yes, I now know something, but I'm going to be patient and I'm going to give uh, the other person some attention so that they can also know that they matter in this relationship. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm watching my time. Uh, I'm just going to do one last one. Uh, love does not behave rudely. Politeness. Number six, politeness. Love is polite. It does not behave rudely. In the TPT it says, love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. So in other words, you will never find love where you find shame and disrespect. It means there is no love there. If we practice love in a proper way, there will never be disrespect and shame in the same place as love. So love does not traffic in shame and in disrespect. Always be polite to the people that you love. Be polite to your children. And children, be polite to your parents because this is a love relationship. Be polite in any sphere of a relationship that God has given you. Be a polite person because that's what love shows. Consider other people. Consider other people because the Bible says a harsh answer stirs up anger. So being polite will even cause us not to stir up anger to those we are in a relationship with. So each time, even if it's something that is so deep that you want to discuss, your approach matters. How you approach that matter, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how angry you may be about it, but if you approach it in a, in, in a, in a polite manner, the other person that you're approaching will not be angry because a harsh answer stirs up anger. Have you ever been uh, uh, maybe in a relationship and each time you want to discuss something with the person you're in a relationship with, you think twice because you know that as soon as you put a matter on the table, they are just going to go off at you. But sometimes the approach is, the, is supposed to be the order of the day. Sometimes we need to learn to be polite because the Bible says a harsh answer stirs up anger. There are people that when you ask questions, when you ask them a question, they think you are questioning them. There's a difference between asking a question and questioning. So I can question your ability to parent, but sometimes I can ask you a question about your parenting. So I'm asking you a question, but the approach 
can determine whether the, the next person is thinking that you are questioning them or you are asking a question. Just be polite and you will see how much synergy you will see in your family, in your relationships, in your marriage, at work, wherever God plants you, you will see there will be peace, there will be love, there will be understanding. Why? Because we are polite to one another. Somebody say amen. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.